Welcome to the Platform Podcast. On this show, we're trying to educate you about the American college system. We're going to be having college coaches and student athletes joining us, talking about the experiences in America, and hopefully by the end of the show, you would have taken away some amazing information. Enjoy. I guess we'll get started. So, I mean, thank you so much, Coach Coppinger, for joining us today. Coach Coppinger is on the coaching staff for the University of Akron, a big-time Division I men's soccer program in the U.S. Uh, not only are they a great college program, but they have had a lot of athletes that have got aspirations of going professional, whether it's in the U.S. or outside. So I'm excited about this chat. I guess to get started, Coach, let's talk a little bit about how you got into I'll say soccer instead of football, even though I know you're from Europe. But how did you get into soccer? Oh, in basically, my dad didn't have a choice. My sister did uh, some Irish dancing um, at a pretty high level. And it was a case of when I was four years old, it was a case of going to watch her dance or going to the games with my dad. So that was that was how it all began. Um, in terms of America, that first got brought up to me. I was 17 in high school and basically just didn't know what I wanted to do other than every kid has aspirations to be a pro. I was probably a little bit more realistic than most in terms of knowing that wasn't going to happen to, for me. Um, right. So when America was brought up to me, it was a, it was an unbelievable opportunity to, you know, have a, have a goal basically and something to, to strive for. So finished high school and then I did one year at the, um, kind of like a, a gap year at a school in Ireland, which no longer exists, that basically gears students to come to America. So a lot of the Irish guys currently coaching or even some still playing in, in the U.S. Or came through that program um, called Kalosh Deida. They just shut it down um, a couple of years ago. The government refused to fund it anymore. Too many people were emigrating was the excuse they gave, whether that's true or not. I don't know, but it no longer exists, which is a real shame because it gives, it gave people like myself that didn't have, didn't have anything going for them, the opportunity to, you know, live a good life. I mean, I have to say, since I came here, I've never really ever wanted to go home. Um, so when I did my four years, I played one year for the current head coach at Akron um, at a small NAIA school not uh, called Missouri Baptist. And then Coach Ambic moved to Akron. We got another coach in, Dean O'Merrick, who had for three years. And then when, when I did graduate, um, an opportunity became available at Missouri State University, which I went to and coached there for four years, um, which was an unbelievable opportunity because we had three on staff. And, you know, there was basically two of us doing all the soccer stuff. And, and, and the head coach did all the behind the scenes work and, you know, fundraising and other things like that. So I got to see all aspects of what it takes to run a college soccer program. And when Akron and Coach Embiid gave me the call then in 2015, it was a case of full-time job, visa to stay in America, and an opportunity to work for a guy I knew was an excellent coach because he was my head coach. So um, took that opportunity. I've been, been here ever since. So. Yeah, so now I'm going into season season six at Akron. So it's uh, that's incredible. It's been great basically since the day I got here. That's awesome. Now being a big time program, 
obviously we've seen your social media. Your social media is pretty impressive. You get to see what your athletes are like physically and what kind of style of play you guys have. What kind of style of play do you guys play? And because I know that we've spoken in the past where, you know, you, you do prefer some athletes over some others, but I thought it'd be a great time to ask you, you know, what style of play do you guys play to? Is it sort of like a case by case based on who you're playing or do you have like a set structure that you follow? No, I think Akron style is, is a unique playing style compared to a lot of college programs. You know, we have a rich tradition of winning trophies and, you know, we also like to do it with a, with some skill and flair. You know, we changed it a little bit for the last year. We played a 4-3-3, um, real aggressive pressing style, you know. But our formations can change year to year depending on the personnel in which we have coming in, you know. But our philosophy and head coach's philosophy will always be attack-oriented. You know, we attack from the back. Um, and I think if you speak to a lot of other coaches that play against us, they'll, they'll, agree, with this, they'll agree with that statement. Um you know, I know a number of uh, Big Ten schools enjoy playing against us specifically because it's a great game, you know, and they know, and they know what's going to come from it. Um, you know, but the personnel, everyone tries to get the best players, right? Um, but at the end of the day, our style will always be similar every year with, with some adaptations to depending on which, which players we have available at, at that year, you know. Um, but it will always be attack first, score more than score more than you concede, and you know ultimately, obviously, you win games that way, right? Um, but the philosophy of of Coach Embick will always be play on the front foot, both sides of the ball. I have attacking players that can create chances, score goals. Have defensive players that can put out fires and start attacks, right? And that's that's always going to be the way it's going to be at Akron. It's demanded from our fans. You know, if, we, if we're not playing a, a nice soccer style and you, you'll pretty much hear about it at halftime when you're walking down the down the dugouts underneath the, underneath the main stand, they'll, uh, the main bleachers, they'll, they'll let you know. You know, we've, we had a couple of games, you know, in the past year when it, when it wasn't going our way at halftime and you know, the team talk was done for you. You go underneath the tunnel, the 12th man have told you, you know what, this isn't acceptable. And uh, thankfully in those games, it's actually, you know, we've – come out on the on the good end of it the second half good performance you know so um that will always be the way it will be here i can't see that ever changing it's it's been now since basically 29 uh, 2009 was when you know the first time that akron was really like wow okay this program's a big time program again and uh, when they went to the final four and they won hadn't lost the game all year and ended up losing the final and, and pk's in, in 2009 and in 2010, they win a championship, losing one game. And that was the years then that people thought, okay, first of all, you can actually win a title at Akron. Yeah. And you compete with all the big powerhouse schools in this sport. And, um, you know, and, and Coach Embick was part of that as an assistant and now obviously carried that over to where in my time at Akron now, we've been in three Final Fours and it's all been playing that style, you know. I mean, I, I, there's a few people that have been following our journey on the platform, the part of the platform community. And I think it was March last year, we did an Instagram live and you kind of spoke a little bit about this and gave us a bit of an overview on Akron as a whole. But we've got some new members that have joined our community recently. 
um, that will be hearing this conversation for the first time. Do you mind walking us through what Akron is actually like as a university, what the culture is kind of like, um, and how diverse, like, is there a lot of internationals on campus as well? Yeah, I mean, our school is, the school as a whole isn't overly diverse, but the, but the sports and, and athletics departments is, is very diverse. And our right. team, it's, it's, I can't tell you the exact figure, but it's about 50-50 for, for US students to, um, to international students. And we've had, in my time here, we've had probably anywhere between 10 to 12 different nationalities, including you know, this year now we have a Chilean kid coming in, which is the first time we've have, had a Chilean kid. Um, so that's another nation to add to our repertoire here. But it will, uh, you know, in terms of diversity, you know, all different types of races, nationalities on campus, you can find everything here, right? And it's one of my favorite parts of working here. I don't feel out of place not being an American, right? Um, in terms of the university as a whole, you know, what I like about it is it's a to walk from one side of our campus to the other side of our campus is 15 minutes maximum if you're a slow walker. And I like that because it's a almost like a it's a big school in a small school environment in terms of like I know everybody. We pass people going to lunch. There's pretty much two places that you can eat lunch on campus. There's multiple off campus and walk walkable. Right. I like being able to see the same faces every day. I have relationships with everybody I need to have relationships with in terms of compliance and academics. And they would all know who I am, not just through email, but through face. Um, you know, so, and I think that also helps our success is that, you know, I can, our kids know that we have relationships with the people that they work with both in the classroom and on the field. And, and that's a, a great, that's great chemistry to have within the, uh, within the school. Um, you're gonna have to edit this. What was the second part of your question there? Um, like just in terms of Akron as a whole, like in terms of the facility, someone that hasn't been there, obviously, you see the, the campus is quite nice and compact. Right. Obviously, you just as you mentioned, it's, it's quite international across the different sporting codes, which is brilliant. Right. What are the facilities like for an athlete? I mean, another, another favorite part of my start again. Another great part of being in Akron is our, our soccer field is dead center of campus. Yeah. So one side of campus is all athletics and the other side is all academics. And our stadium is in the dead center of it. Um, so if you go to the student union at Akron, it's pretty hard to get there without seeing our stadium. If you're going to classes, it's pretty hard to, see, to not see our stadium. Same thing if... If you're going to our track, you, uh, you'll see our stadium. Overall facilities, our school offers absolutely everything, whether it's you need cryotherapy um, for recovery, you need whirlpool, you need swimming pool, um, you've got an athletics weight room, and we have one for uh, men's soccer, football, swimming, and then we have another one for the two basketballs. Wow. Uh, and there's there's literally everything you'll ever need on our campus and you know all of this still within that compact area that kids don't need you don't need a car to go to university in Akron you can walk yes. everywhere right some people have bikes it's more of a way of just getting there faster not a, nece not a necessity right um 
you know, our, our game field is is looking amazing. We were out on it yesterday. We had a camp yesterday, and uh, I mean, it's playing fantastic. We have a we have a turf training field. Um, we have an indoor facility that's full size. That if we need, if if the the weather gets poor or it snows or whatever you need, and um, so you get to train all year round. And we we literally have everything you could ever possibly need as a as a soccer student athlete on campus. And obviously these facilities are still available if you come here to play tennis or, or whatever you choose to do. I whatever guess. sporting code. Yes. Correct. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned your stadium. I've seen photos on the internet. It looks ridiculous. It's it looks absolutely amazing. How many people can it can it fill inside that stadium? Full capacity. You know, I think I want to say our um I want to say our let me let me look it up here real quick and I'll tell you exactly. I mean, I've seen some of while you pull that up, I've seen some of the videos on YouTube and oh, um, yeah. see some of the videos on social media. And it looks like you're going to a professional game. For us New Zealanders here, it's like going and looking at a big rugby stadium that one of the big super right. teams plays in. No, our, our stadium, our, our game field is, is amazing. We we can the, the highest attendance is 7,200 that's, that's been in there. Um, you know, it's happened. We've, we've hit six to 7,000 a couple of times. We actually have Ohio state back on our schedule for this coming season. Um, you know, the last time we played them here was 6,500 at the game. Um, and I mean, when, when we call the Hill is basically our cop, if you know, professional soccer, that that's our, where our, hooligan fans go that, that give some abuse to opposition players and make it uh, make it hard for opposition and um, when that's that's when we say fill the hill and the hill is full it's it's an amazing place to play uh, amazing place it's the main the main bleachers the main stand is is so tight to the field i mean you can they can touch the players taking throw-ins on oppositions if they choose to and um, it's it can be it can be a hostile place to play if you Go online and look up some of the videos of some of our games. It's a it's a really really good place to play soccer and unbelievable soccer environment that you don't get in a lot of schools in 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 the US. Right, you go to some schools and it's a nice facility and there may only be two hundred people at it. You know, it doesn't matter if it's wind, rain or shine. Our fans will always be always be there cheering us on. And it goes back to the brand of soccer that we play. Obviously, helps put some put some butts on the seats too. And um, but when when push comes to show, our fans show up, and we and we get some we get some asses on seats. So, how good, how good. Well, let's talk a little bit now about what you like in recruits. I know we spoke prior to this conversation, and I said I want to get into some of the red flags. But before we get there, I want to find out what you like in recruits. Now, I remember when we were talking um, a few years ago. It wasn't even started last year about one of our own recruits. One of the things that stood out was the student athlete's ability um, athletically wise. They were quick. You said you like playing from the back. That's your playing style. And then going forward, um, is athletic ability something big that you continuously look at across all different positions? I mean, at the end of the day, the, the student athlete has to be a good enough player to play at a university, right? And, and the reality is not everybody can play here. Anybody can be on a roster, you know, but at the end of the day, the, 
having a student athlete come here and never play a game is not what anyone wants to do, right? So athletic ability at the end of the day is the most important. If you're athletically not good enough to be on a team, there's no point training every day and being the weakest player every day with no end goal of eventually being a key player or a starter. Right. So that's the be all and end all is the athletic <laughs> ability is the most important. However, the other things that come into it, the character of the kid, um, yeah. you know, whether that can be, you know, being reliable with going through the eligibility center, being reliable with communication and honesty between the player and the coach, you know, that they're not going to BS you when, it, when, when you're having meetings and honest meetings about why you're playing or why you're not playing or scholarships or renewals or anything like that, there's going to be honesty. Um, you know, so, so that there's a couple of things that we look at initially in the first start of the, of the process, I would uh, go identify a player, believe he could play here. And then it comes into, okay, if I send a text or an email, am I getting a response? Is the response happening in a timely manner? Do we set up a call at 2 p.m. and both of us are on the call at 2 p.m. or am I waiting? Is it 2.15? Is it 2.20? 2.20? Whatever it is. They're all things that as a coach that frustrate you because ultimately, eventually, you're going to be one player in a team of 30. And if everybody was not able to be on the same page and communicate and, and be together as a team, it's, it's pretty difficult to have somebody lag behind and not be available. And when, when called upon, you know, For so, sure. you know, there, there are definitely things in the recruitment process that you look at. Um, and, and then obviously other aspects that come into it is finances and all other stuff like that. Right. Okay. So punctuality, when you contact uh, an athlete, right, you said you want them to respond in an appropriate manner and also within a good amount of time from receiving that message from you as well. If you set up a call for an athlete and say, hey, look, it's an, let's say it's an international athlete from New Zealand and it is 4 p.m. your time, which would be very early in the morning here. Um, and you say, look, are you able to speak this time? If an athlete says, no, coach, sorry, um, it's too early for me. You know, it's 5 a.m. It's going to be 4 a.m. Do, do you take that into an account on how much they really want to be there? You know, I think there's got to be some sacrifices on both sides, right? And yep. I've had a couple of kids from New Zealand in my time, both at Missouri State and, and at Akron. And, and uh, there's been times when I did the 4 a.m. wake up and there's been times when they recruited it. And I think in many ways, it's just a case of who's willing to, right? So how much does it mean to your potential student athlete to be awake at that time or how much do, do I need the kid on my team? Right. So I think there's definitely sacrifice on both sides. I don't believe it should always be one way, but that's just me. Some, some coaches could be like, no, I want to make sure that they're willing to be there for our team and, and whatnot. You know, me personally, I think I would be willing to make sacrifices, but I'm also a night owl. So I'll be probably still awake at 3am if I need to be right. So um, I don't have kids, so it's a little easier. But ultimately, I think as a advising a student athlete, let me let me rephrase this. Let me rephrase because I want to make sure because I know this is important to uh, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. I want to say that the coaches need to make sacrifices as well as players. But at the end of the day, your kids have to show that they're willing to do anything. Yes. Right? So that's, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. I think that's what you want me to say, right? 
Yeah, I think that nails it on the head. And, you know, it doesn't, the buck doesn't just stop there. You know, once athletes sign with you, you expect them to be there 110% and to give their time to you because you're giving them so much money and such a massive opportunity. A great example recently is um, I've got an athlete, which I won't name, going to a particular university, which I won't name. And um, this athlete's already signed with this big Division One school. And they were going to have a team meeting and the athletes are located at different parts around the world. Now, my, my athletes have been great. They've been getting up at three in the morning, two 30 in the morning at weird times to meet the time zone for the team meetings. This athlete, it was his, it was his first ever meeting with the team. Um, he hasn't arrived at the university this August yet. And his response to the coach was, sorry, coach. Um, I need to get some sleep. That didn't sit well with the coach. And so, I guess you need to understand how much are you getting from this program and the sacrifice you have to make in order to make sure that that, that opportunity does not go away because I've seen some opportunities disappear before right. people. Right. Okay. That, may, that makes sense. That makes sense. So I'll, I'll bring up Zoom meetings and stuff like that then too. Yeah. Okay. All right. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about now the red flags. You, you're, you're a big-time program. You've had a lot of success. You're an amazing conference with brilliant facilities. A lot of kids want to go there. You must get quite a few emails asking for opportunities, right? How many emails would you get a day, roughly? At least 100, probably, to our men's soccer account. Right. And what are some of the things that are red flags for you and like help you filter through those? Is it the way they write the emails? Is it the information they provide you? Is it the highlights reel with weird music? What sort of things are like, ugh, that's a bit of a red flag. In the initial email, I think the red flags are usually, you know, how well put together the email is, is, is important, right? Is it, you know, if, if the email says, hey mate, or, you know, what's going on or, or something along those lines. It can be a little bit, you know, off-putting um, initially. You know, when you get down to the video, the things that the red flags can be, you know, the level of the game. What type of video are you sending? You know, I'm not sure I want to watch somebody do keepy-uppy juggles in his backyard. Right? <laughs> I, I want to see a game. I want to see you. Yeah. I want to see a referee in the game that you're showing me. Right. Even sometimes training video may not be good enough. And the music can be off-putting. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be nice music. It just sometimes when you're in a work environment watching a video, you don't want to get some swears and you have to lower down your your, your sound on your computer. Right. It's got to be music that you can listen to in, in any environment, whether it's in a, a, ca- a, a cafe and you're drinking a coffee or it can be at home you just want the music to be normal or you know what don't even put music on it i prefer that i prefer right. with our athletes like if we can use the raw audio from a game right i prefer that than like putting on like a music track or something if you can if you're a center back and you're going to win a header and i hear you say tommy going up to win the header rather than listening to some you know ed sheeran music i think <laughs> i prefer you to you know to hear you saying, okay, you commanded that ball and you went and headed it 40 yards or whatever it was, you know, yeah, that's me personally too. I know some people like music to, they may, they think it makes it look better, but you know, me, I think I would prefer the raw, raw footage too. Um, in terms of red flags after that, obviously if I get an email from a kid, I see his name, 
you know, you check his social media, what's on it, you know, what type of, what type of things are, is the recruit putting out to the world? Is it, you know, a great win by Italy at the Euros or is it, I'm so glad that there was riots at the game. I don't want to read that. Right. I want to see, I want to see direct, doesn't have to be a nice tweet. I mean, you can have a conversation with somebody and disagree with things. That's no problem. It's, is there swearing in it? Is there, you know, different types of foul language? Is there racism in it? Whatever. It can be lots of, if there, you know, it can be lots of different types of things that will just be an ultimate red flag. And we have had kids that we had one kid who we were at the point of sending an NLI and he wrote something on his, on his social media. And that was the end of it. And it was that day, I walked into the head coach. I said, "What do you think of that?" And he said, "I don't want that." And that was it. We went and we went to a particular city in the states three times to watch this kid. Wow! And we took wow. him on an official visit. Damn. He had his NLI sent to him, and it was pulled before he sent it back to us. So we were at a point when this kid, we were all in and pretty much had him planned to be in our team for the next year on a scholarship. And his opportunity of thousands of dollars from us was just taken away because of, you know, it wasn't one tweet. There was a couple of other, you know, not so good ones. I wouldn't say they were terrible, but they weren't great. And uh, then there was just one time he went over the top. That was just, uh, just too far, you know? And then at the end of the day, there's as a college coach, you don't want to go to bed on a Saturday night wondering what the heck your kids are going to be saying and doing. Right, you want to go to bed with clear peace of mind that you wake up Sunday knowing that your team didn't get in trouble. Yes. Right? There's nothing worse for a coach than having to have somebody on the team that you're just constantly worried about what type of person they're going to be. Right, Because at the end of the day, if they're bad people, they'll, they'll end up getting suspended, not for anything soccer-related. It will be suspended for something stupid that then – you know, ultimately, my boss has to answer questions to the athletic director about saying, hey, why is this guy on the team? We don't we don't need that, especially in a university like ours that has people from all different parts of the world, all this different type of races. And our team is, you know, 10 different nationalities on it as well. So it can be something as silly as, you know, slagging somebody off or, you know, writing something about somebody's sister on it. It's just it's not going to it's not going to fly with, with a university like ours or. We have enough players that want to play here without needing guys that aren't going to be model citizens. Coach, I got to say, what you just said was liquid gold. That is so good for athletes to hear. And if you're listening to this, you've heard me go on about social media. Now you've heard it straight from one of the top men's soccer programs in the country. Um, it is very important what you post, and they don't just check Instagram. Um, even if your account is on private, they will find ways to find the information. And if you've got other forms of social media, they will be, they'll be looked into as well. Quite a few coaches uh, say to me, Amrit, when I look at a recruit, I just type their name in Google. Something will come up. Whether it's a tweet that they've done, whether it's a Facebook post, it will all come up on Google. And so you've got to be careful about the digital footprint that you are leaving behind as well. That's really important. I mean, we're in 2021. Back when I was going through the, going, when I was going to go to college, when I was, I think, 2010, 2011, you know, we didn't, we, we could get away with a few things. Now you can't, not that I did, 
not that I did describe it, but um, you know, it was uh, definitely now you're under a big microscope and you know, when you get given a scholarship, you are part of a big brand, you know, you've got responsibilities now. Uh, you cannot, there's a thing called associated reputation and an amazing program an amazing coach like coach Coppinger is not going to align themselves with something that's going to tarnish uh, that brand or that, that opportunity. Now, um, and also just, just one last point, it can also sure. be a case, you know, uh, in our school, we're very upfront with who we're recruiting to our team. So there's multiple times that our centre-back will come in saying, hey, how come I'm not playing? And the conversation will be, well, you're not playing because this, this and this. And the conversation will end with, we're looking to bring a centre-back in for next year as well. Right? So we're very upfront with guys that we're recruiting for our team to the point that where our captain will add guys, random guys that are like, Hey, we're going to recruit, we're going to recruit Johnny from, from Ireland. And our captain be like, Oh, nice. And then he goes on his Instagram and see it and adds Johnny from Ireland without Johnny really knowing who he is. And then the captain can also be like, Hey, I'm not sure about him. If it's something bad enough, the kids will just rat, rat out players anyway. So you got to be careful about, even if you're on private, who, who you're accepting, but also about what you're, what you're, uh, what you're putting out there. That is some brilliant advice. I'm really glad that you said that. And um, athletes, please uh, let that sink in. I know a lot of parents agree with that. And, you know, parents come and tell me, um, you know, we've been telling our daughter or our son not to do different, do, do these things on social media, but now you've heard it. Coach, uh, what's your up, upcoming schedule looking like? Have you guys released your schedule yet? Yeah, we actually just released it last year, uh, last week, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and we have three of the, the final four coming to play us this year. So we have, Big uh, time. We, have, we have Indiana and Pittsburgh at home, and then we travel and play Marshall. So we get to play national champions. We actually beat this past year. Um, so we get they get a nice grudge match with us back at their place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we have – we're playing uh, – Six Big Ten teams. We're playing Pittsburgh, um, and then we'll obviously have our uh, we'll have our, our conference games then as well, um, which we're looking to take back home to Akron again. So it's been it's been a year and a half without it being here. So that's that's a year and a half too long for for our fans. So that that's the goal for this coming year, which we're pretty excited about. We have a top twenty five recruiting class coming in again, um, that, that we believe is gonna is gonna be really successful for us. And all of our seniors returning um, for their for the COVID year. Let's go. I'm pumped. This is going to be one exciting season, eh? It's like it's been a big build-up, hasn't it? <laughs> right, that's it. It's, you know, you could say what you want about the spring season. Um, I believe the healthiest team won it. You know, the team that didn't have any issues with COVID. And, uh, you know, fair yeah. play to them. And uh, now hopefully in the fall we can get it back to a little bit more normal. And uh, you know, make it make it a real a real season, real season again. Um, you know, for us, we, our season was going really well last year. You know, we were we were four one and one. You know, we beat Marshall. Uh, we drew a Kentucky on the road, two good games, and uh, then we then we got struck with COVID, and it was basically all uphill from there. We had games when we only had 12, 13 guys available. You know, which which made it tough, which made it tough. So. And we got struck with it pretty bad when we believed we were in a good place, you know. So 
and hopefully this this semester now we can stay clean and healthy and and we have a, I know we have a good squad there's no there's no question about that um, and I believe we can we can have a good year absolutely well if you're watching this go check out Akron men's soccer on Instagram Facebook check out their website you can also watch their games live I definitely think you should if you are considering you know going to a big time program and you're you're 14 15 16 you will know the pace that they play at, the physicality, you can see it. Um, and then you can start putting things in place so you're working towards that. So you can try and secure an amazing scholarship at a fantastic program like Akron yourself. Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. As I said, I think this will definitely help, um, you know, educate a lot of athletes and parents about the college system. I'm really pumped to be releasing this. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck for the season. I can't wait to watch some games. Thanks, Amrit. All the best to the kids going to their new schools in the fall. Awesome. We'll be in touch. Thanks, man.